When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl from Happy Mammoth. EstroControl contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including EstroControl. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. This is Including You, the new series from Lead at Any Level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Wanninger. Welcome back to Including You. I'm your host, Amy C. Wanninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. My guest today is Farah Harris. She's a workplace wellness and belonging expert. As founder and CEO of Working Daily, she helps Fortune 500 companies create workplaces where employees want to stay and thrive. She's also the best-selling author of The Color of Emotional Intelligence. Farah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amy. 
I'm so excited to talk to you. You and I, we were just talking, we go way back on various social media platforms where we've been engaging and pinging each other. But this is the first opportunity we've had to have a real face-to-face conversation. Yes, ma'am. And so I, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your book and its success. And I want to talk about that a little bit at the end. But first, I want to get started with, you work with a lot of Fortune 500 clients. Why is the work that you do around wellness and belonging so important to your clients? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. More so now than before. So when I initially wanted to move beyond the couch as a clinician and, and really highlight the importance of wellness at work, it's because my clients were professional employees. They were professional workers and the majority of what they came in with, besides whatever childhood trauma, was workplace stress. And I was like, mm, I, I don't think we are working well here, at least in this country, in, in, in the United States, where there's this understanding of mental health and well-being. And even when I was trying to work with organizations, they always assumed that we would just be doing a session on depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder. And I said, yes, those are things that are addressed in the mental health field. But I wanted them to have a broader understanding of mental health as divorce, parents with dementia, wayward children, miscarriage, a demotion, literally life, and all the things that we have to deal with, it shows up and comes up in the workplace. So there was originally when I started doing this work, it was that education piece, that mental health was broader than what was assumed. Oh, let's just check a box that HR brings somebody from NAMI or someplace. And we address the depression. It was like, yeah, but what does it look like when what's going on in life starts playing a role with what's going on at work or vice versa? And then 2020 hit and we have this pandemic and we're all technically diagnosed with adjustment disorder. And we're all trying to adjust And we're in this forced work-life integration where people don't know what to do. There's blurred boundaries. People aren't sure what roles they're trying to have, especially women, where it's just, okay, I still need to manage the home. Kids are, if you had children, you know, doing remote learning, all the things. And yet we're asking leaders to be more empathetic because people are grieving because folks were losing family and loved ones due to COVID. People were also grieving the loss of connection because we were socially distancing. People were grieving because they're realizing that they were going to have graduations that they thought they were going to have or proms, et cetera. These pivotal life moments, people were grieving because they had family members who were having their first child and you couldn't go see them at the hospital. All these things. And then they're like leaders. We need you to be empathetic to all the things that are going on. And that's not anything we were really building before. We weren't having that being a skill. And I've always been an advocate and a student and a learner of emotional intelligence. And I was like, if we really needed to understand EQ, like this is the time. And then George Floyd's murder came and it just became this awakening of, I called it the great awakening, not the great resignation. When people were realizing, I don't know if I want to continue to work like this because I don't know if I want to continue to live like this. The world has so much going on 
I am seeing it now that I have been forced to sit home and watch this murder happen on my timeline. I'm forced to sit at home to hear more about Breonna Taylor. I'm forced to sit at home and recognizing that I don't like the commute. I'm spending four hours maybe in the car every day going back and forth when I actually can use that time to sleep in, connect with my kids, go for a walk, do other things that actually spark joy. And all of these moments of awakening and realizing we want to do work differently is why I think the organizations and the clients that I work with understand we cannot do what we were doing back in 20 or pre 2020, that the world of work has changed and we need to change with it. And it's not a bad change. We actually are probably going to, if we do it the right way, actually have a happier, more sustainable workforce because we're going to have happier, more grounded employees. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's gonna provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer, you can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone's offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Living Corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today, today. This notion of this going back to normal. We talked about going back to normal for three years. And it's no, that normal is gone. That's like saying we're going to go back to normal to horse and buggy because this automobile thing just really isn't going to catch on. And that's just not the way it's going to work. We're going to look forward and we're going to find how we move forward, not how we go back. And I think that's always true in any time of social upheaval, social disruption. There's, it's always, how do we move forward? Not how, to, that's the right question to ask. Mm. Um, but, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I really want to get back to, to the point of, of having you here. But I'm curious, as folks are starting to demand return to office, have we lost this lesson that we learned about empathy and giving people the space that they need because it seems like there was this huge call for empathy during the pandemic that we were going to be we're giving people space and grace all the time space and grace and bring your whole self and, and whatever and now all of a sudden it's, we're not going to listen to the women who say I don't have childcare and I can't work or the the black and brown folks who say look if I can sit at home all day and be on zoom I face far fewer Racial, racialized microaggressions or racist attacks sitting in my home doing my job remotely than I do if I have to go to the office and put up with Becky walking by and interrupting my work every 10 minutes. And then I hear executives saying, we don't have the data to support it. We just know in our hearts that we are more productive in the office. So everybody needs to come back. I keep hearing this and I'm wondering where is the EQ in this conversation? Ooh. 
because I'm the minute you said that we don't have the data, I was like, lies, the lies they tell. Because there is there's a lot of data that's showing that people are as or even more productive being at home and not everyone. So let me make that clear. However, there isn't, again, a use of our emotional intelligence to be able to ascertain who needs to come in? How often do they need to come in? Because there are people who are like, I am better because I have better boundaries at work to focus. While others are like, I am better at home because I have healthier boundaries at home to focus. And at the end of the day, aren't we wanting as leaders, as managers to get the best of our employees? So for us to be able to get the best, we have to know them. And I do think that uh, I've been saying lately, you can have a low EQ reaction. Just make sure you rebound with a high EQ response. And I believe in 2020 and maybe even 2021, there was a low EQ reaction to everything that was going on, that it became lip service. It was very reactionary. Yes. Oh my gosh. Healing circles. Yes. People stay home. Yes. You know what? We're, it's all about empathy. We understand you. And it was very reactive because we didn't know when have we all been in a global pandemic before? When have we had to be forced to sit down for a bit and do things in this new way? And something that I, I mentioned is that when people talk about we, we have to return back to the office and we can't do this thing called remote or hybrid, I feel like, okay, so once again, y'all are crapping on those who with disabilities. Because before 2020, you said you couldn't do it. There's no way. And then they sat and watched the world create a work environment that now can include them. And then you said, wait, I'm not sure we're ready for that. Let's go back. And like you said, go back to the way things were, back to the status quo. And now disabled folks are like, so y'all crap on us again. You're not making it safe for us. And so it's these moments where it's like slowing down. I always say practice the pause. Part of emotional intelligence is being able to be aware and to assess. And in that assessment part, it's slowing down, taking inventory. What is making me uncomfortable as a business owner that I feel I need to have people come back? I don't want to get on, step on folks' toes, but I will. Is for leaders, do you need people to come back because you are wrestling with the anxiety of your identity being shaken a little bit because who are you if you can't quote unquote lord over people and micromanage you may not realize that's what you're doing but that's what you're doing and it's that identity crisis i love how sarah no wilson says people aren't fearing change they fear oh i'm about to misquote her that's what it is people aren't fearing change they fear loss and so people are like what are we losing if we don't go back to how things used to be. But as you said, there's no going back to normal. We're in a new normal. People can't go back to normal who've lost parents. People aren't going back to normal who've lost their positions or have lost their childcare because their childcare actually had to shut their business down. There's no going back. It's a new normal. We have to adjust, which again is an EQ skill of being agile and, and resilient during change. And to really ask the question, how do we serve the people who serve us? And we're not asking that question enough. We're just assuming 
everyone's just going to do what we want them to do and not realizing, as I said, there's been a great awakening and these younger generations are very clear that they're not going to do work or accept work the way that their parents or their grandparents did. And if we don't adjust and make the shift, the necessary humane shift <laughs> that is needed, we are going to struggle to have a sustainable workforce. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website, ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more about Squarespace, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I think that point is is really crucial for people to understand because a lot of the demands that are being made, the unfounded, we're not data-driven, we just know in our hearts this is what we need to do, kinds of demands that companies are placing on employees right now is also happening at a time where we are still in record low unemployment we are seeing like we're seeing labor crises in different sectors of the economy that are not likely to rebound we've got more retirees <laughs> every day not enough people to take their spots we lost half a million to a million workers during covid we've got lower immigration in the united states for the past few years which just means we just don't have enough people we're millions of workers short and ostracizing the ones who do show up ostracizing the ones who are trying to do their jobs, who want to be productive and want to try to manage all of the things that they're managing, I think is going to put companies at a disadvantage, maybe not this week, maybe not this quarter, but probably within the next couple of years. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. What are you seeing in, in the work that you're doing that would indicate that companies maybe need to rethink how they pull out of this crisis? Mm. One, I agree with everything that you just said. It, it may not be overnight, but probably sooner than later, we're, we're going to see it. I just think about how many more women and Black women in particular who are leaving the workforce, not because they want to, but because they're being forced to, because their experience is not healthy. So they're leaving for their mental health and their well-being. They're dealing with all this massage noir, this racialized, sexualized aggression, hitting that glass ceiling or being put on a glass cliff. And we're seeing more 
Black female-led CEOs leaving their positions. And so we're going to be losing top talent because we're not meeting people where they are. And I know that there was this dude who was talking about, we just need to make it more uncomfortable for people, for them to realize, did you not? I'm I'm, I'm forgetting his name because I think I purposely actually don't want to know his name. But he's he said, we need to actually increase unemployment so that folks will know that it's the employers who are in charge, not the employees. And I was like, if that ain't the most low EQ, that's me being nice statement because it's just highlighting why does it have to be a win-lose between employer and employee? It should be mutually beneficial. Everyone should be able to feel like they're walking away from this arrangement because that's what it is. I am agreeing on this contract that we arrange that I will do X, Y, and Z work for you because you're going to pay me X, Y, and Z money. And if it ends up being that I'll take a pay cut or not even work because working for you actually is a deficit to my being and my future because I want to be promoted. But Tom always gets promoted before me, though I have more expertise. You know, it, the, the statistically, Black women are the most educated and decorated, but aren't getting paid equally and aren't being elevated in promotions and in positions equally. So what are we left to do? Go into entrepreneurship, shift or pivot, or move to another organization. So it's, I love the word behoove. It would behoove organizations to slow down and go, okay. And even if you want to be quote unquote selfish and think about the bottom line and profitability, my question is always, if you like money that much, then do what you need to do to get the best out of your people so that they're going to perform and produce. And trust me, it may not be exactly how you may want it to be. You're going to have to deal with empathy. You are going to have to deal with feelings and because emotional intelligence is being smart about emotions and try not to do it in a manipulative way, but do it in a smart way where it's like, hey, if I have a healthy content, satisfied, motivated employee, I'm cutting costs on healthcare. I'm cutting costs on a myriad of mistakes being made because this person wants to show up because they believe like this organization at least cares, not necessarily about me and what I'm doing in my life, but about how we as humans live. And so it's, you let me do my job and you let me do it. Let me, and most people, that's what they want to do. Let's, let's just let me do my job, which then you're hindering it. I felt really bad at one of, one of the services that we offer are processing spaces. And these sessions are literally, I say, it's a wellness initiative for your employees to have a safe space that they create, because I can't necessarily say it's safe, that they create this space where I facilitate a conversation it's an hour for them and they can talk about whatever is going on at work, whatever is going on in current events. And we just sit and we process and I provide tips and tools or whatever. And I remember one session where a woman was like crying on the call because of return to office and the season had been changing. She was dealing with sad seasonal affective disorder. She was dealing with anxiety. She was a person that took public transportation 
this was again, after we've been so used to not being out as much because of COVID and it was causing her to spiral. And then another person goes, oh my gosh, me too. And another person was like, I have therapy tomorrow at five. Oh, I, my anxiety is increased. So here we are having a group of employees who are like, I was doing fine. <laughs> and then you pulled this and it wasn't even an option. There wasn't a choice. It was a mandate. And you didn't assess how this would affect us. And that makes me wonder if I want to continue to work here. What do you yes. say to that? Yeah. And I think people forgot too, we had cultivated this collective agoraphobia during COVID. It was, I remember going into a place for the first time after being literally in my house for 18 months. I didn't leave. Mm. And I think maybe I went to the store a couple of times to get groceries, but usually my husband went because he had, and so it was like, I personally just didn't leave. And I remember going places for the first time and feeling like every place I went was like a dark alley. And there was like this invisible assassin that was coming for me, but I couldn't see it and didn't know and wouldn't know for a week if it got me. That's how it felt walking out into the world again after hearing for 18 months, don't go anywhere, don't breathe. You cannot breathe in a public space, you will die. And it, it was terrifying. And then to just, everybody is in their bubble and they're good and they're, they've adjusted. And then it's like, now your protective barrier's gone and you've got to go back. And, oh my gosh, I remember hosting conversations around change where that was the primary concern is, I don't know if I can do this. I may have to leave. I may have to retire. I may have to. And a lot of people did, but yeah, it's, thank you for just reminding me of, of that moment in time, because I think a lot of people, for me, it was a little bit different because I got to choose owning my own business. When I went back to live events, when I would go back and speak at, at client events or when I would go back in rather than just, oh no, I'm a Zoom, I'm a Zoom events only for almost three years. But not everybody had that choice and some people have had it, but they're just now it's being taken from them or they're being asked to reevaluate. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same for each of us. Yeah. There's privilege in in being able to go or to not go. Absolutely. Or to be able to say no. I want to switch gears a little bit. And I want to talk about your book. And so it's called The Color of Emotional Intelligence. Who is this book written for? Yes. So the book is written for, I say in my dedication to my DEI practitioners who are tired. <laughs> They're tired of being the advocate and the abused. And sometimes you're, it's hard sometimes when you're in the house to try to make change, people don't always listen to your voice. So it's one of those things where, Hey, here's my book. Give, give it to somebody because you're, I'm just going to say everything that you've been saying. But maybe because it's a different person. It's like when your mom says you're cute, you're like, you're supposed to say that because you're my mom. And then somebody else tells you, you're like, oh, maybe I, I am. Hmm. So it's to give them rest and to give them language to what they've experienced. It's to the courageous and curious leaders that are out there who are working in a world that is different from what we used to be in, in a world that has that's not as homogenous, that you're having people with different cultural backgrounds, identities, and lived experiences. And because the subtitle of my book is Elevating Ourself and Social Awareness to Address Inequities. And so if you want to be a, a great leader, you have to recognize what your blind spots are. You have to recognize how to read the room and, and meet your people where they are and recognizing they're not always going to come with the same stuff that you're used to or that you're comfortable with. 
And really it's for anybody who just wants to be a better person. If you recognize that you have these deep values of a world where people are seen equitably, humanely, that there's justice and you believe in inclusion and all of these things, then this book is for you. And it's not just for the workplace, because if it is just only for the workplace that we're saying emotional intelligence is the skill, I say it's not a soft skill, it's a strength skill, then it's performative. Because I can't say I care about the well-being of people. I care about creating spaces of belonging. And then you don't bring that to where you live. And I can understand, even if you live in a homogenous place, the more you become emotionally intelligent and most and, and self-aware and socially aware, you'll pick up microaggressions that you may have missed when you weren't paying attention. So at the family dinner at Thanksgiving, when you're playing basketball or golf and someone says something racist, now you're aware that it's so much more beyond the four walls of the workplace. This is an essential life skill that we all need so we can be our best selves and that we can bring and allow people to bring their best selves to wherever it is, the school, the PTA, the workplace, the gym, wherever you're going. But it, it is for those who are intentional about or curious about doing the work in a community with people with different lived experiences. Laura, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I hope people buy the book. I will make sure to put a link in the show notes. I'm assuming it's available anywhere books are sold. Yes. And so anywhere you go to buy books today, you can go buy The Color of Emotional Intelligence. And if you're a library goer, I'm assuming you can request to have it added to your local library as well. Yes, that'd be so great. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Farah. I am so glad to finally get to meet you and have a real conversation, a synchronous conversation with you. And I appreciate you sharing all of your expertise with my audience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow Lead at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series, available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You. That's it for this week's edition of Including You. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a comment or a review to help others find us as well. Be sure to join me next week when my guest will be Charles Morgan of ScreeCred.